Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Three mistakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at frito Welcome to Grizzly Bear Blues Live. My name is Sean Coleman. Hope wherever you are and wherever you are listening, you are having a great start to your week. A bonus episode of Grizzly Bear Blues Live. Regular uh, Grizzly Bear Blues Live host Parker Fleming will be back later on this week for the regularly scheduled weekly episode. But in preparation for the season, wanted to give a bit of a bonus episode looking at a few players who could play critical p- roles. They could be critical components to the Grizzlies' success, especially early in the season. Of course, you can find Grizzly Bear Blues Live, the Next Gen Podcast, the Starting Five Podcast, the Core Four Podcast, and the Grizzly Bear Blues Podcast Network in general at grizzlybearblues.com at SBN Grizzlies across all forms of social media. And wherever you listen to podcasts, that's where we are for free. Just just make sure you hit that subscribe button. Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, where, wherever you choose to listen, we're there for free. And, and I can tell you this, we typically, on, on a daily basis, especially once the season starts, we're typically going to have daily content when it comes to the Grizzly Bear Blues Podcast Network. So just make sure you hit that subscribe button for all the latest content entertaining informative it's a lot of fun and so i definitely hope that you check it out with all the great podcast content available from grizzly bear blues of course my name is sean coleman you can find me at stats sac it's great to be back in the saddle for this bonus episode of the grizzly bear blues live podcast and this episode I want to talk a bit about some players that just to be honest with you, these players that we're going to talk about, John Conchar, Santi Aldama, Xavier Tillman, looking at their you know, uh, previews for their seasons, these aren't the players that you attribute to being the most important when it comes to the Grizzlies' you know, hopeful success. The Grizzlies are looking to sustain the success that they had last year, having the second-best record in the NBA. And so when you think of the players who are going to play the most important roles in the Grizzlies being able to do that, you're probably not thinking of Conchar or Adama or Tillman, you know, among even the first seven or eight guys that'll play the most critical roles in the Grizzlies being able to sustain their success from last year. But make no mistake, that doesn't mean that these players will not be important to how successful the Grizzlies will be, especially early on in the season, as the Grizzlies will be playing without Jaron Jackson Jr., as the Grizzlies will be relying once again on rookies. They'll be relying once again on players in bigger roles than they had last year. So there could be some growing pains. We saw that last year. We saw the Grizzlies uh, basically for the first month and a half. You know, really, I guess the first you know five weeks, basically from the start of the season through Thanksgiving, we saw the Grizzlies have some struggles. But once they got everything in place, once everything clicked, the Grizzlies arguably had one of the best, if not the best runs of regular season success in 
franchise history. So when it comes to players like Conchar, Tillman, and Aldama, while it may not necessarily seem as if they're going to have that big of roles, while it may not necessarily seem they may have that big of an impact on the Grizzlies being able to once again emerge as one of the best teams in the West, that they clearly will have big roles. And depending on how successful they are, they could sustain for themselves regular roles in the rotation potentially as the season progresses. But before we get into previewing the actual season itself, let's put the spotlight a bit on what was a pretty awesome summer for John Conchar. In terms of the roster, in terms of on the court, nobody perhaps benefited the most. No player on the Grizzlies roster had the spotlight shine on them more in terms of seeing their role grow significantly coming into this season than last season than John Conchar. And the big reason why is because when it comes to the roster, yes, the additions of the rookies on draft night were the biggest off-season narrative for the Grizzlies when it comes to adding talent to their roster, but perhaps an even bigger story is the players that the Grizzlies lost, and that would be DeAnthony Melton um, on draft night with the trade with Philadelphia, and then Kyle Anderson signing a two-year deal elsewhere with the Minnesota Timberwolves. So the Grizzlies, in, in, in trading away Melton and losing um, Kyle Anderson, they lost two critical components to their depth, two huge chess pieces that Taylor Jenkins used time and time again to help the Grizzlies find a way to win during the regular season. Yes, both Melton and Kyle Anderson were mainly bench pieces last year, but when called upon, when others were out, they stepped up and they went into the starting role and they remained productive. On the bench, they played critical roles in being important, versatile pieces to one of the best benches in the NBA, and they contributed both offensively and defensively. I know many may not feel as if the loss of Melton and the loss of Kyle Anderson will be that big of a loss, especially when it comes to, you know, their value kind of decreasing in the playoffs. But that doesn't mean that they were very, very valuable during the regular season. So with the loss of both Kyle Anderson and DeAnthony Melton, the player who it seemed most sensible to step into a role that would help to pick up the production that Melton and Anderson off offered last year was John Conchar. And the Grizzlies not only showed that they were fine with John Conchar assuming that role by letting Melton and Kyle Anderson go in the offseason, they also made sure that John Conchar stayed around for the long term. Conchar is currently in the middle of a four-year contract. He's got two years left on his current contract, both basically team options. They obviously picked it up for this year. They're obviously going to pick it up for next year because this summer, the Grizzlies decided to go ahead and extend Conchar for three years and 19 more million dollars. So basically, Conchar is on a five-year, 25 or so million dollar deal if you combine the two deals together. John Conchar is here to stay for five more years, and the Grizzlies not only showed that they're ready to invest in him by clearing the path for him to have a bigger role on the court this year. They also made it clear by extending him and keeping him in Memphis for at least five more years. And of course, off the court, it was a fun offseason for John Conchar as well when you consider the fact that he signed a, a new promotion deal with um, uh, Nike. You know, celebrating, you know, his style, celebrating his brand, obviously the Jitty brand, his personality. There, there, it's, there's many reasons why, both on the court and off the court, 
John Conchar has become a favorite of the roster, a favorite of the coaching staff, and obviously a favorite of the fan base. Yes, his personality. Yes, his work ethic. Yes, the style of play that he has. The Ginny brand, if you will. But also, John Conchar just may be the best example of how good the Grizzlies have been at finding talent, developing it, and making the most of it in time to become a team that has regularly exceeded expectations since the John Morant-Taylor Jenkins era started three years ago. And as a result of that, the time has now come for John Conchar to really take off in terms of his career potentially. But the Grizzlies aren't doing this with, with a hope and a prayer. They're not doing this not really knowing what John Conchar potentially could offer. There's a reason why the Grizzlies have been so clear that they're ready to invest a significant role. They're ready to hand a significant role to John Conchar this year and beyond. And the two main reasons are because of his versatility and because of also because of how excellent his shot selection has been so far in this career. Let's start with his versatility. You know, again, I talked about when it came to DeAnthony Melton, when it came to Kyle Anderson, one of the things that the Grizzlies benefited from the most was that both of those players could add value when they were in the games offensively and defensively. With Melton, it was his shooting surges as well as his defensive playmaking. With Kyle Anderson, it was his facilitation, rebounding, defensive playmaking, and overall intelligence. Well, John Conchar is not the defensive playmaker that DeAnthony Melton is. He's, he's also not, you know, a guy who really has shown thus yet to be a guy who could, you know, perhaps make four, five, six threes in a game like Melton could at times. And John Conchar is not the defensive, you know, stalwart that Kyle Anderson can be or overall just, you know, an excellent source of intelligence that Kyle Anderson showed he could be. John Conchar may not get to the level that, Kyle Anderson had his strengths at, or that DeAnthony Melton had his strengths at. But Conchar still is a blend of both, a good blend of both, that the Grizzlies are looking forward to playing a huge role off their bench this year. Because when you look at John Conchar, there are several things that stand out about his game. He's a very unique talent in a guard body to which he can offer value in many different ways that you don't see from a lot of guards. For instance, he's one of the best rebounding guards in the NBA. He's shown good defensive playmaking ability, producing steals, producing blocks, disruption while on defense. He can make the right pass. He obviously shows excellent intelligence when it comes to knowing when to, you know, take the right shot. His overall hustle, he consistently makes positive plays. That's one of the biggest things that stands out about John Conchar and really stays consistent with the Grizzlies when it comes to their players, especially these depth pieces. They want players that they can that they know are reliable who when they go in the game, there's consistently going to be positive value added. Now, it may not be, you know, substantial or monumental value, but it stays positive. They don't have to worry about potentially there being mistakes made. I can tell you, while John Conchar may not have the ceiling at times that a DeAnthony Melton, for instance, has, he also probably won't potentially become a liability that Melton sometimes was on offense. There's a high floor aspect to John Conchar and that he's going to find a way when he's in the game to add some type of positive value. Again, the rebounding, the passing, the defensive playmaking, all these different things where when John Conchar's in the game, and when he's in the game, you're thinking 15 to 20 minutes, 
Most of the time he'll be playing will be against the opposition's bench players as well. And Conchar showed last year he can thrive. He can be productive against similar levels of talent when it comes to the starters for both teams being out of the game in those spurts of minutes where it's the benches facing off against each other. So one big reason why the Grizzlies are ready to hand off a much more significant role and a much more consistently significant role to John Conchar this year than he's had his first three years in the NBA is because of the versatility that he's shown to add value in many different ways on both ends of the court. But to me, the most important reason why the Grizzlies are ready for John Conchar to assume a role where basically he could become, you know, a top eight option in this Grizzlies rotation, or at least one of the top options off the bench, is the value that he adds as a shooter. When DeAnthony Melton was traded, and when it didn't seem as if Kyle Anderson was really going to, you know, the Grizzlies really weren't going to put that much effort in bringing Kyle Anderson back, you combine that with the moves that the Grizzlies made to add Jake LaRavia, add David Roddy, and others through the NBA draft, one of the things that Zach Kleiman talked about was shot value. He wants to improve the overall ability for the Grizzlies to consistently take the right shot. If you listen to Locked On Grizzlies in the past, I've wrote about it here at Grizzly Bear Blues. I've talked about it on social media before. One of the things that the Grizzlies really have to get more consistent at, and they did do a better job of it at times in the playoffs, was finding the best shot available as much as possible. That's something that the Grizzlies have struggled with at times. Yes, they'll lead the league in many offensive categories. They'll be at the top of the league in many offensive categories. But a lot of that success is based off quantity. It's based off the Grizzlies' focus on having more possessions than the opposition, and that's the way that they're scoring all these points, generating all this offense. But if that, if those strengths of the Grizzlies are limited a bit, and the Grizzlies have to play a slower pace of basketball, or they have to play more in the half court, that's an area where they struggle because the Grizzlies may not have that offensive balance they seek at all times. And part of that equation is having guys on the court that can offer significant value in consistently finding the right shot. John Conchar is a guy that can do that. John Conchar is someone that can consistently offer value, whether it's making the right pass, him making the right shot, him making the right read, him helping out, you know, opening up another teammate for a shot. Typically, numbers indicate that when John Conchar is on the court, the Grizzlies do a pretty good job at finding that balance that they seek. And the numbers for Conchar himself also shows this to be true. As a matter of fact, since the start of the 2019-2020 season, John Conchar's rookie year. There have been 28 guards in the NBA over the past three seasons who have played at least 2,000 minutes, took at least 400 shots, and produced an effective field goal percentage of 55% or higher. Of those 28 guards, John Conchar is fifth in true shooting percentage. The names that are above him, Norman Powell, Steph Curry, Seth Curry, and Duncan Robinson. In terms of effective field goal percentage, of those 28 players, John Conchar is tied for the highest effective field goal percentage, along with Duncan Robinson. Now, it must be kept in context. 
John Conchar, by a significant margin, has the fewest shots of this group. So yes, take it with a grain of salt. But it is relevant in the fact that since he's been in the league, John Conchar has shown an unexpected ability to take the right shot and make the right shot when he's in the game. And though he's not, we, I'm not saying this to expect for him to have a breakout type season like Desmond Bain happened last year, or that you should expect for him to potentially have a, you know, out of the blue year like a Duncan Robinson did or something like that. What I'm saying is, is that he, when he's on the court, John Conchar offers clear and significant value as a shooter. And that's why the Grizzlies are looking to invest in him when it comes to a bigger role, and they've invested in him to be a significant part of this team long-term. And also, there's proof that Conchar has the ability to maintain his excellent shot metrics as his volume increases. His first two years in the league, John Conchar was was 26 of 66 from three. Last year, he was 52 of 126. So in his third season, John Conchar basically doubled his overall three-point attempts. But he actually maintained shooting better from 40% from three in doing that. You know, we talk about Desmond Bain. You know, what separates him from other three-point shooters is not only that, you know, he has excellent volume. He's one of the top three-point shooters in terms of overall three-points attempted and made, but it's also the accuracy, the efficiency that Bain shows. I'm not saying that John Conchar is going to be that type of shooter, but there is proof in the pudding so far that he could become one of the better bench shooters in the NBA as his volume increases. And that would be a huge boost to this Grizzlies team that not only needs to improve when it comes to their overall shot selection, but needs all the help it can get when it comes to finding other options besides Bain that they can consistently rely upon to hit threes. That's especially true when you consider the fact that Melton is gone and Jaron Jackson Jr. is probably going to be out, we'll say, for the first month and a half of the season. Melton and Jaron Jackson Jr. were the second and third most productive three-point shooters for the Grizzlies last year. you got to make up for that production somewhere. It probably makes sense to go with the guy who's been even more efficient from you know with his shots than Bain or even Brandon Clark at times over the past few seasons, and that's John Conchar. So please don't be misguided by my words. I'm not saying that John Conchar all of a sudden is going to become one of the better shooters in the league a lot like Desmond Bain did last year. I'm not saying that at all. I am saying, though, that his strengths, the things that John Conchar has shown, he can add value, the ways he can add value, those strengths of his match up with areas that the Grizzlies need improvement in. So it makes natural sense to give him a bigger role. And because of the versatility that he has shown to offer value in many different ways, because of the overall efficiency he's shown with his shot selection, and especially from three, that's the reason why it's there to definitely get excited about John Conchar. I'll admit it. I probably have not been as excited about Conchar as others have been over the past three years. But when you really get into the numbers, when you look at the per-minute metrics, when you look at the per-36 metrics, per-100 metrics, the shot metrics... Yes, 
it is, it's important to keep it within context because it's a small sample size. But it's also perfectly fine to be intrigued by the fact that last year when Conchar basically doubled his usage in a lot of areas, his beneficial metrics stayed the same. His above average value added stayed the same. And if that could continue in a larger role this year, the Grizzlies are going to benefit mightily. And John Conchar could emerge at the very least as being one of the biggest reasons why the Grizzlies will once again have one of the best benches in the NBA and also easily can step into starting roles and easily can show contributions in playoff setups as well. So sure, perhaps maybe when John Contra gets into an expanded role, his metrics may go down a bit. Make no mistake about it, with how he plays, with his intelligence, with his drive, the Grizzlies are going to give him every opportunity to be productive. And if Conchar were to continue on the trends that he showed so far in his career, him going, him stepping into a bigger role could be very, very beneficial for both him and the Grizzlies. On both sides of the court, in terms of the value he can add in many different ways, but especially what Conchar can add to improving the Grizzlies' overall shot value as the year goes on. There's plenty of reasons to be excited. He, he's a, he's an easy player to cheer for. He's an easy personality to cheer for. But now John Conchar potentially stepping into the bigger role, the NBA world, the, he, he's already well known in the NBA world. But, you know, a lot of that has to do with the, the brand, the personality. Now John Conchar may start to be a little bit more well known when it comes to his actual play on the court and how productive he can be. And you know that the Grizzlies and their fan base are hoping that he blossoms into potentially being this year's breakout player. Again, not saying that he's going to break out at the level of a Bane or, or, or you know, someone, uh, you know, to that level. But just saying that at the end of this year, a year from now, basically, we could be talking about how John Conchar really developed in to a special player, you know, in an even bigger role this year for the Grizzlies in an area of need with a skill set that can really help the Grizzlies go to the next level that they want to get to. But that's in the backcourt, and that's off the bench when it comes to a critical player in John Conchar that could help the Grizzlies perhaps more than people may anticipate going into this season. A couple of other names that can do the same, especially with Jaron Jackson Jr. being out to start the year, are Santi Aldama and Xavier Tillman. So one of the biggest storylines for the Grizzlies this year was going to be if they went, if they doubled down on investing in their youth, which by their activity on draft night, it definitely shows that, you know, they are continuing to invest in youth to continue to evolve this team into truly being the type of roster that can not only thrive during the regular season, but also in the playoffs. And make no mistake about it. You know, I've said it before, I'll say it again. This Grizzlies team, I'm not saying they're overlooking the regular season. They, 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 they're smart enough to know not to do that. But the Grizzlies are at the point now when it comes to roster construction where they're not just trying to get as much talent as possible and figure it out moving forward. They're adding pieces. They are being very strategic and specific on the skill sets that they're looking to add to this roster, where even though those skill sets are young, once those skill sets get into what is proven to be one of the NBA's best development systems over the past few years, those skill sets will help this roster evolve into one that can survive and thrive in the playoffs. 
So though the Grizzlies aren't overlooking the regular season, they're still putting a lot of emphasis on depth, obviously. If this Grizzlies team is making moves, it's to position themselves as they get closer to consistently being the perennial contender they want to be. They're making roster moves now. They're adding skill sets that they hope will pay off for them down the road in playoff situations. I bring this up because with the fact that the Grizzlies have doubled down on youth over the past two years, you know, four first-round picks combined between the 20. 21 and 2022 draft. Kennedy Chandler added as well in the second round of this draft. The Grizzlies have some young pieces that they're ready to help find clear roles for. With John Conchar, for instance, he's a great find because, you know, he was a two-way player, an undrafted free agent that the Grizzlies have has helped develop the Grizzlies have helped develop into something of value. That's what stands out about John Conchar. But now for these first-round talents that the Grizzlies have invested in over the past couple of years, it's now the focus to utilize them in the best way possible. And I bring that up because it's going to be especially interesting to see how the Grizzlies position all the, front, all the young front court talent that they have assembled over the past few years. You know, you know what you have in... Steven Adams, you've got your first three. You're, you're, the, the, the Grizzlies have their starting bigs and their main big off the bench. And all are, you know, significant contributors. Jaron Jackson Jr. being a franchise cornerstone. Steven Adams being the veteran presence that supports the core in, in many valuable ways. And then Brandon Clark obviously being a difference maker and having the potential to be one of the best bench bigs in the NBA. That's your first three bigs in the front court, and it's a very valuable trio. But behind that, where does the value come from? And especially with Jaron Jackson Jr. being out to start the season, who's going to step up in the front court to support Brandon Clark and to support Steven Adams as reliable depth? Who's going to be able to offer value in reliable rotation minutes when it comes to the front court after Clark and um, Adams? Perhaps even Dylan Brooks, if the Grizzlies want to go truly small and have Brooks play a small ball four. Well, four names stand out. Jake LaRavia, David Roddy, Santi Aldama, and Xavier Tillman. And we have talked in many different ways. Wrote about it at Grizzly Bear Blues. Talked about it on the GBB Podcast Network. You've heard it, you know, all over Memphis media, as you should. The roles for Roddy and LaRavia are going to be defined as the season goes along. If there's initial success, the Grizzlies are probably going to rely on those two. If there's not, well, then the Grizzlies are probably going to, you know, take it slow. They're, they're going to get minutes more than likely. Don't know if we're talking 5, 10, 15 on, a, on you know, a regular night. But you're probably going to see Roddy and LaRavia play in some games. But the two other names that I mentioned in Xavier Tillman and Santi Aldama, Though the spotlight may not be on them as much as it is LaRavia and Roddy, it's probably even more important to the Grizzlies that Tillman and Aldama offer value in whatever roles they settle in than their two first-round rookies from this year. And the reason why that is is because both Aldama and Tillman have been in the Grizzlies system already. And there's a bit of a difference when it comes to Aldama and Tillman as we approach this season. We're approaching Xavier Tillman's fourth season, Santi Aldama's second. The difference between the two 
is that with Xavier Tillman, you have a consistent high floor type player that you can trust when his number is called, he has a good chance of delivering. But the thing is, his number may not be called that much because there are other players who you want to develop more because they have higher ceilings, such as Santi Aldama. That's why Santi Aldama appears to be the leader in the clubhouse when it comes to being the potential starting four for this Grizzlies team. Next to Steven Adams, with Jaron Jackson Jr. being out. Now, why would Santi Aldama be the starting option over more known commodities like a Brandon Clark or perhaps even an or or perhaps even an Xavier Tillman. And the reason why that is is because of Aldama's ceiling. Now don't get me wrong, Brandon Clark has already shown to have a significant ceiling in terms of his production. Xavier Tillman has shown that even in big settings, you know, we talk about when it comes to Xavier Tillman, the value that he added in the Grizzlies, you know, playing game against the Warriors to get in the 2021 playoffs, how he stepped up in situations multiple times in that series against Minnesota in the 2022 playoffs. Yes, we know that at times Tillman, and we know that consistently Clark can add significant value. And I'm not saying that Santi Aldama long-term has a higher ceiling than a player like a Brandon Clark. He may not. But the tools are there to that are intriguing enough for the Grizzlies to look further into to where he may, though. To where they have every reason to give him the chance to potentially have a higher ceiling than a Brandon Clark. Because the thing about it with Santi Aldama, the reason why the Grizzlies are so intrigued when it comes to him being a starting four is because of the contrast that he offers to the Grizzlies' other starters, but also the many different areas where he can contribute. Now, don't get me wrong. He's not shown the efficiency. He's not shown, you know, the permanent value that a player like a John Conchar or a Brandon Clark or what or other Grizzlies rookies have. He had, you know, a, a pretty rough rookie season. But over the summer, it's hard to deny that anybody's stock in terms of what they potentially could do this season, it's hard to find anyone whose stock has risen more than Santi Aldama. And the reason why is because for a player of his size, he, like a John Conchar, can offer value in many different ways. If you do look at the permanent metrics, there's intrigue when it comes to his rebounding. There's intrigue when it comes to his ability to create steals, his ability to create blocks. There's intrigue when it comes to his ball handling and his overall, um, you know, resourcefulness at, at finding his own shot as a potential scorer. There's a lot of different ways in which Santi Aldama can add value. Now, one of the things that kind of held him back his rookie season is, again, I talk about the fact that the Grizzlies have found a lot of young players who that they can consistently rely upon to when they're in the game, they can add value. They can add positive value. Aldama is a bit more inconsistent in that area than others, and that's fine. Based on his background, that was something the Grizzlies expected when they brought him into the equation. But the thing is, is that when when Aldama is playing well, it's clear that he can add value in multiple ways, and that's why the Grizzlies want to get him out there in that type of starting role. A big thing that it also allows for them for is it allows for them to keep Brandon Clark 
in the as a huge advantage off the bench that Taylor Jenkins can use at different times, you know, in the second quarters, late in games, what have you. And Brandon Clark probably is going to be a much more consistent player to be used in high leverage or closing lineup situations than Aldama. But because of Aldama's many different ways in which he could add value, because of the intrigue that he shows, you know, on defense and offense, the Grizzlies want to see what they have with him in the starting lineup surrounded by their best players. The key to Aldama thriving, though, is his three-point shooting. Last year, Aldama was 6 of 48 from three. Not intriguing at all. But the thing is, is that if he can develop the three-point shot, that's the key to unlocking the rest of his game, improving in value. Because now if you have an... Because Aldama, when he's in the starting lineup, he's going to be a low-usage player. When you've got Ja and Dylan and Desmond out there, you've got the majority of your usage, which you want to have with those three players. Steven Adams has shown that he can add plenty of value without being a high-usage guy. For Santi Aldama, it's him being a guy that can create value without having to have the ball in his hands that much. And one of the best ways he can do that is to become a good spot-up shooter. Last year from three, you didn't see that that much. This summer, you've seen enough flashes from three where the Grizzlies are going to at least give him a chance. And the other part of the equation is is that with Jaron out, it would make sense that the Grizzlies would naturally want to have Brandon Clark and Steven Adams starting because that's their most valuable known commodities in the front court. But the problem with that is is that you have two non-shooters on the court. Now, I personally feel that, yes, you're probably not getting the best value. You're probably not getting as much as you possibly could with two non-shooters on the court when Adams and Clark are out there. But I do think that they could still be productive because of the other ways that they can contribute without shooting offensive, rebounding, defense, what have you. But the Grizzlies know that they'll probably use that in their closing lineups. But to start out games, I get the logic in not wanting to have two non-shooters out there starting in the front court. So the biggest thing for Odama and what the Grizzlies are are, are hopeful and what they're betting on is that Odama can become a player who, if he's hitting threes, you know, 35% of the time, for instance, then you're looking with the rest of his skill set a player who for 20 minutes or so a night can offer plenty of value. You may still get inconsistencies. There may be uh, the high ceiling, low floor label with Aldama more than many other Grizzlies players. But when he is playing well, he could be a huge factor in some games, especially if he's hitting threes to support the rest of the areas of his game that you know already are intriguing. So there may be more sensible options that the Grizzlies should look to start at the four. I personally love the idea of a Jaw, Bain, Zaire, Dylan Brooks, Stephen Adams starting lineup because of how much value on both ends of the court you could potentially get. I like that lineup better. But it seems the Grizzlies want to give Santi Aldama the opportunity and they have every reason to want to do that because then if you can have Santi Aldama start to blossom in that starting four role, then when Jaron Jr. J- Jaron Jackson Jr. comes back, 
Now you potentially have a four, you're potentially four men deep in your front court with Jaron Jackson, Steven Adams, Clark, and Santi Aldama. You've developed another chess piece that Taylor Jenkins can utilize when he needs to in the right matchups. So Aldama may not work out. Aldama may struggle mightily when it comes to getting the starting opportunity. And if he does, the Grizzlies will go a different route, probably with a more known commodity at the four. But they've consistently taken risks. They've consistently bet on themselves to put young players in a sink or swim type situation. And most of the time, those young players have swam and swam fast to success. And the Grizzlies are once again looking to do that with Santi Aldama potentially being the starting four in this year's lineup. And if he can do that, and if he can develop his three, even when Jaron Jackson Jr. comes back, Aldama can then become a very, very important part of this rotation and also another young development piece that can support the Grizzlies' main core for years to come. With Xavier Tillman on the flip side of things, the reason why you're not seeing the Grizzlies really bet on him, the reason, the reason why you're not really seeing the Grizzlies give Tillman the opportunity that they're looking to give Aldama is, you know what you have in Tillman? And what you have in Tillman is an end-of-the-rotation type talent for most NBA teams. To most NBA teams, they would love to have an Xavier Tillman as a fourth big that at times can step up to be the third big or even a potential starter if injuries are, are impacting the roster. We've seen Tillman do that for the Grizzlies. Tillman, though, last year, and potentially this year again, especially when Jaron comes back, Tillman probably is going to see his minutes be inconsistent because of the numbers game. Just to be honest, there are younger players with higher ceilings that whose games are more in line with what the Grizzlies are hoping to become as a roster. That's not necessarily a negative on Xavier Tillman. It's just an observation of the reality that comes from having a good, deep, young, talented, versatile roster. And so having a player like Xavier Tillman, who for much of the season again this year, when Sharon is back, maybe out of the rotation, it actually is kind of a luxury to have a talent like Tillman's that when you need him to, he can step in and perform. As I mentioned, he's shown that he, he will not shy away. He's shown that he can step up and be a factor in big minutes in playoff situations. He's shown that for two straight years. But in terms of his role on the team this year, he likely is going to be that, you know, ninth, tenth man in the rotation. He's going to be the fourth big to start off the season for the Grizzlies, maybe get ten or so minutes a night, maybe off the bench, form a front court with Brandon Clark, and that's a very good defensive front court when you're matching up the Grizzlies bench against other teams' benches. The Grizzlies can benefit that to start the season. But once Jaron is back, it's likely that Tillman's minutes will be inconsistent. He'll still get some runs, obviously, as injuries naturally occur. But I would not anticipate that Xavier Tillman's role this season is going to change that much. But I know that, and I've done it, and others have done it, I know that Xavier Tillman also is a popular option. He's a popular asset, if you will, to include in trades potentially. To go get other pieces that 
may play a more valuable position or that you or if the Grizzlies who many have talked about them doing a consolidation trade even if it was taking a couple of pieces and putting it into one Xavier Tillman has been a popular piece to include in trades well I think one of the reasons why the Grizzlies I'm you know sure they've had conversation but I think the one of the reasons why the Grizzlies aren't just dangling Tillman out there is because they know that if they need him to step up in a role he can step up and he can be a factor but another key thing is, is that Tillman is fine with that being the case on this roster. That makes a big difference. For a lot of players, they probably would not be as content, and rightfully so, with a role that doesn't have consistent rotation minutes. But with Xavier Tillman, he understands the reason why that's the case, but he also has shown a very good ability and a very valuable ability at a young age to be ready when his number is called. Having that type of skill set available that's not even a regular part of your rotation but can step up and be productive in the rotation when needed, that's a huge luxury for a team like the Grizzlies to have. So for Tillman, yeah, I would say he probably gets 10 minutes a night to start off the season. I would say that he remains his, his productive self off the bench, offering good defensive value, offering decent passing at times. Probably not going to see him be the shooter that he was his rookie season, though you hope that that's the case if he gets his shots, especially in the corner. But again, you also, with Tillman, there's that high floor aspect where whenever he's on the court, he's going to add positive plays and positive value. So Xavier Tillman's role may not change that much this year from what it was last year as the Grizzlies have acquired higher ceiling younger talents that they naturally want to give the most opportunity to to develop. But that's not a knock on Tillman. It's a reality of the Grizzlies roster and it's great to see Tillman still remain productive, still remain motivated to where when an opportunity comes his way, like for instance early this season with Jaron out, he's going to be ready. And then later on in the season, if potentially Steven Adams or Brandon Clark or Jaron again are out for an extended time, maybe the younger players on the Grizzlies roster have not developed as they would like. They have Tillman to be able to step up and be a part of the rotation if needed. So yeah, perhaps Tillman probably would have a bigger role on most other NBA teams. But it is a good testimony to him and a great aspect of his, characteristic of his, that he remains ready when his number is called upon to be productive. And that also is something that you can compliment the Grizzlies on for finding not only players with the right skill sets, but also the right mentalities to make the Grizzlies' depth as productive as possible. So when it comes to Xavier Tillman and when it comes, or Xavier Tillman, when it comes to him and Santi Aldama, it may be two different tales. One about opportunity and high ceiling and the other about high floor and being ready even though his role is inconsistent but at the end of the day I feel very confident that both of these players are going to play a big factor in the Grizzlies having a better than expected start to the season without Jaron Jackson Jr. I hope it's because Santi Aldama emerges as an unexpected breakout you know player for the Grizzlies this year but I also imagine that at some point in time on multiple occasions throughout November, we're going to look back and we're going to say, hey, Xavier Tillman really helped us out in this situation, much as he has over the first two po- over the last two postseasons. 
So without a doubt, when it comes to John Conchar, when it comes to Santi Aldama, when it comes to Xavier Tillman, once the Grizzlies have their full roster back, once the Grizzlies have, you know, th th their main players in play, none of these guys are likely going to be starters. But make no mistake, all three of these players are going to play critical roles for the Grizzlies, especially early in the season, for them to sustain the, the success that they had last year. And when it comes to Aldama's overall skill set, when it comes to Conchar's shot value that he can add, when it comes to Xavier Tillman's consistent ability to add positive value when he's on the court, the skill sets of these, these three players also can help the Grizzlies improve in areas that they need to as they continue to evolve as a roster. That's what's so exciting about this team. I've just spent more than 40 minutes talking about three players who, once the season starts, may not, or once this Grizzlies roster is fully healthy, may not even be in the top eight players of the Grizzlies rotation. Yet, there's so much intrigue and, and so much talent on this roster that even when you're talking about guys who may not be in a playoff rotation, you still get excited talking about them because of the value that they can add when they're asked to step up and stand out. That's what's defined the Grizzlies' success and what's helped them exceed expectations for the past three years. Who am I? Or, or I don't think anyone would feel confident betting against the Grizzlies doing it again this season. And Conchar, Aldama, and Tillman, all three could play big roles in helping them do that. It's been a pleasure. And thank you so much for listening to this bonus edition of Grizzly Bear Blues Live with myself, Sean Coleman. You can find me at StatsSAC on Twitter. Again, remember, you can find all the great content from Grizzly Bear Blues Live at SBN Grizzlies on all forms of social media at grizzlybearblues.com. You can also check out regular episodes of Grizzly Bear Blues Live with Parker Fleming, the Next Gen Podcast, the Starting Five Podcast, the Core Four Podcast. All those great shows you can find anywhere where you get your podcasts for free. Just hit that subscribe button and you'll typically have content. We have usually three, four, five podcasts a week through the Grizzly Bear Blues Podcast Network. If you're a Grizzlies fan, this is one of the best places to come when it comes to consistent content on the team that we all love. Again, my name's Sean Coleman. Parker Fleming will be back later this week with another edition of Grizzly Bear Blues Live. Until then, have a great week. Go Grizzlies. One, one more day closer to the start of the season. We'll talk to you again soon here on the Grizzly Bear Blues Podcast Network.